Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ignite Your Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Mahalski. As an author, speaker, and life coach, I believe in sharing my real-life stories and experiences on what it really takes to achieve success. There are too many amazing people out there giving up just too soon on their dreams. Our mission is to help encourage, support, and inspire you to stay persistent, keep taking action, and believe in your dreams. Our experts are getting real, vulnerable, and being openly honest with you about exactly what they experienced and what it takes to achieve success and the challenges that they faced along the way. We are here to support you in your journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Nicole Mahalski, and I am so excited to introduce you to Bob Berg today. He is a sought-after speaker at company leadership and sales conferences, sharing the platform with everyone from today's business leaders and podcast personalities to even a former U.S. president. Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence, with total book sales well over a million copies. His book, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has sold over half a million copies and has been translated into 21 languages. It has been re-released in a new expanded edition with a foreword by Huffington Post founder and publisher, Arianna Huffington. Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve. He is an unapologetic animal fanatic and serves on the board of trustees of Furry Friends Adoption Clinic in his hometown of Jupiter, Florida. Welcome, Bob. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you, Nicole. I always love speaking with you. So I think we're just going to jump right in and really talk about, you know, the Goat Giver has had such uh, influence on my life for sure as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. and I know many other people as well. And even if you're not an entrepreneur, there's just really great philosophies in the book that can be applied to all areas of your life. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) That means a lot to me. Thank you. You're welcome. I want to get started and really talk about maybe some of the challenges that, you know, the main character in The Go-Giver faces. And I Mm -hmm. think the first one is, you know, getting started despite having all that fear because starting any kind of new adventure, there really is an element of fear behind that, that we have to push through to get started. Well, there is. And uh, I think fear is, well, very natural. It's part of being a human being. I I think if we don't have some fear, we may not be uh, ready for that next step because we don't know enough to know that there should be some fear because there are, there are no guarantees. Uh, So, you know, uh, Fear is natural. I think sometimes that, you know, we, we live in a world in which we we see people who present themselves so confidently and, and they may genuinely be. But remember, sometimes sometimes let, let me put it this way. My, my dad used to ask a question. He used to ask me a series of questions growing up based on some ancient wisdom. And one of the questions, and this was, I think, his question, uh, he said, who is brave? And the answer was. The correct answer was that person who is smart enough to be afraid and still do their job. In other words, there are times when it is appropriate to have fear. You know, we, we have we have sayings such as fear, F-E-A-R, stands for 
uh, false expectations appearing real. And, and by the way, sometimes that's very true. But other times, it's not true. Uh, we should have fear. After all, if we're starting a business, we're investing our time, we're investing our energy, we're investing our knowledge, we're investing our reputation, we're investing our money, or we might even be investing other people's money as long as we're uh, ours. So yeah, a healthy dose of fear, to me, is is fine. What we need to do is understand where that fear is appropriate and where it is a matter of just false expectations, right, of hearing real. There, there are some things it's not appropriate to be a, a afraid of. It's more in our imagination. But, yeah, I often talk about the uh, what I call the political correctness of the uh, personal development movement. And and that is almost as though, you know, everything's just rosy, right? Everything's just great. It's going to happen quickly and easily. And if you just do this, this is going to happen. Well, it's not true. It, it isn't necessarily fast. It isn't necessarily easy. Uh, it, it And you can do all the right things and it still may not turn out correctly. Or you may do wrong things and it turns out correctly. You, you just, you don't know. You can only do your best. Um, but, you know, that's why I, I like to say, and I don't mean to harp on it, but there's nothing wrong with having some fear. The key is, do you let the fear stand in your way? And that's where I think the rubber meets the road. We need to know what fear is appropriate, what is not. We need to know how to do the things that create the environment for success and mitigate those things that could go wrong. And we can be more genuinely self-confident. Uh, because we have taken those steps. Uh, but again, there's there's never a guarantee. So it's okay to have some fear. But if, if the decision you believe is the right one, and it's going to bring you closer to happiness by pursuing that, that new venture, then go for it. I love that explanation. And the question that your dad always asked, too, because I think so Thank often you. we look at fear as this big, huge negative that you know, we should just be able to overcome it or we shouldn't worry about it, that we need just to push through it. And really, it's not anything to fear. And if we can look at it in the light that, you know, it's actually kind of healthy to have a little bit of it because it, maybe it makes us, you know, slow down a little bit, mm -hmm. really plan mm -hmm. things out and create that plan for success. It could be a great tool to use in, in your life that we don't have to be afraid of it, that we can use it to our advantage. And really just bringing that into awareness and being able to do the things that you want to do anyway, like you said. Yes. Yes, indeed. So how about um, when we're getting started, we don't always know exactly where we want to go or exactly how we're going to achieve the success that we know that we want. And I know that in your story of the go-giver, that was very much true in the beginning that he meant him. He met a mentor, and I think mm -hmm. he was kind of guided in different directions that he wasn't fully expecting. So how can we really embrace that when we're getting started on a new project or a new business adventure or career, you know, really taking those first steps without even knowing exactly where we're going to go? Yeah. Well, I think that we we need to do as much research as we can to, again, not that it's ever guaranteed, but in order to, as I like to say, create the environment where the odds are, are as much in our favor as they can be, that we're heading in the right direction. So to the degree that you can 
that you can know what your mission is, what your desire is. Uh, I think that's very important. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to turn out like that and that that's going to be the final uh, desire of your company or the vision or the mission. But you start with something, of course, and you do the best you can to come up with come up with the vision that, that you personally have. Uh, the next thing is get the information first before you start. Um, I, I like to say um, uh, seek out and find the system. <laughs> yeah. What is a system? Well, a system is simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. And I can practically guarantee you that if there's something you want to do, someone has already done it and they've done it successfully. Maybe not exactly what you want to do, but close enough to it. And that person has put it in the form of a book or on video or they're they're holding classes or courses or coaching on or, you know, what have you. And so so find out, find that information, uh, find out what what other people have done who have successfully done what you want to do and follow them. Now, that's a start. That's important. It's also important, though, to once you have enough information to start, that you start. Don't wait till you're perfect, because first, you're not going to be perfect. None of us are. Uh, but I would say don't even wait till you're excellent. <laughs> we, can, we can get to the point that we're excellent at our craft. We, we can't get to perfection, but we can get to excellence. But we never start out that way. So uh, at least not in all aspects, even the person who wants to open a, a bakery, they may be great at, at baking, but they don't they're not expert. They're not excellent at the business part of it, probably. OK, so uh, and uh, I, I just that came I just came up with that thinking of Michael Gerber's E-Myth books, right, because that's what he, he talks about. But it's for anything. And so but we also need to know. And, and I remember Zig Ziglar once said uh, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you learn how to do it with excellence. Now, of course, and you know Zig, he didn't, he didn't mean to do something haphazardly or sloppily. Of course not. What he was saying is you just need to get started. Once you know enough to get started, get started and course correct uh, along the way. I think that's great advice. And I know myself, I've been guilty of this, and I'm sure so have many of our audience members is really wanting everything to be laid out perfectly before you get started and wanting to learn more and know everything up front. Sure. But what I found is that not only did it hold me back for mm -hmm. a number of years before getting started on what I really wanted to do, everything that I spent so much time really trying to learn and get to know so that I knew that I thought I was prepared wasn't mm -hmm. actually the stuff I really needed to know. Right. And, Isn't that and once I started, it was a totally different um, ball game that I had to learn all brand new stuff anyway. I think most of us have experienced that, Nicole. Uh, we're human beings, and, and those things are very natural. Um, but, it, you know, it, 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 it's very intuitive. You know, why would you start to do something before you know you can – well, because it's just – you know what you get. I think Seth Godin says uh, calls it, uh, you know, shipping. You've got to ship the product or you've got to, you know, sometimes before it's even before it's perfect. If it, you know, now, again, that doesn't mean you want something to be less than perfect. But 
it probably is less than perfect, but you can we can we can keep improving until it's excellent. But but again, I don't want someone to misinterpret that and think that oh, Berg saying just put sloppy stuff out there. No, of course not. But what I'm saying is there's a certain point that we get that that waiting any longer is going to be counterproductive. It's going to result in diminishing returns. So you just you, you you do the best you can. You learn. You 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 work at it, and then you then you run with it. And that's great advice, too, because I know that, you know, if you wait too long, then you're just really postponing everything else that is just waiting there for you to achieve. And again, Mm -hmm. how important it is, is in not putting, you know, so much pressure on being perfect and having things um, all lined up the way that you think it should be and really taking those steps and having that faith and trust that, You've done the best that you can up to this point, and it's time to let your project out into the world and then learn and wait and, you know, get feedback on how you can improve and keep going from there, I think is the key, too. Very well said. Absolutely. So in in writing with that along the same lines, you know, we're always going to face rejection no matter what mm. what we do, and especially in the early part of, you know, growing and developing whatever we're doing, how would you suggest that we learn to deal with rejection and being told no a little bit better? Yeah, that's such a great question because it is absolutely a part of the success process, part of the road to success. Lots of no's, lots of rejection, lots of hearing things and experiencing things you don't want to hear and experience. I'm a big believer that what knocks many people out of business far too soon, far before they should have, is not necessarily hearing the word no or having disappointments. It's thinking that they're the only ones that get these no's and disappointments. I, I think that's what does it because we look at people who have already accomplished what we want to accomplish. Sometimes we hear their stories and it never seems to be, it never appears to us to be that difficult, right? They had an idea, they went with it. Sure, they'll, they'll talk about the, the rejections and so forth. But again, that's, you know, we understand that intellectually, but we see them as being where we want to be and it looks clean and neat and easy and we get out there and it's hard, right? <laughs> and people are telling us no, 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 no. And we're, uh, and we think, we just think, well, we're the only ones. It must be me. It must be me. It's just not working for me or the timing's not right or the this or the that. And, uh, it can be discouraging because again, we're human beings. So I think what we need to do is inoculate ourselves against that. Just like you, you get a flu shot. Uh, which is a tiny little bit of the flu, right? <laughs> In order to then not get the flu. I think we need to, to prepare ourselves that we are going to get no's. We are going to have um, uh, rejections. We're going to fall on our rear ends. And when we do that, that's not to say that we enjoy the process. This is another one of those politically correct personal development things, you know, no's are good. You shouldn't, you should love no's. It means you're one step closer to a yet. Yeah. Well, 
that, that's true. You are one step closer to a yes. But to say that you should enjoy them, why? Who enjoys it? Uh, I hate being told no. Who does? You know, who does enjoy it? Maybe some people, but, you know, not most of us. <laughs> and so I think it's one of those things where when we understand it's just a part of it, not, we don't have to like it, but we understand it just is and that we are prepared for it. We knew this was going to happen. And that if our dream is big enough, if our mission, our vision, our desire is big enough, we're going to keep going through it. A couple great friends of mine, uh, Andrea Waltz and uh, Richard Fenton, wrote a wonderful book, a business parable called Go For No. And it's just a delightful book. Everyone should should read it, I believe, if you're in business. GoForNo.com is, is their website. And uh, I, what I love is their is the subtitle uh, and what their the premise of the book really is, and it's this. Yes is the destination. No is how you get there. And they help us really reframe no. So again, you don't have to enjoy it, but in a sense, you do have to embrace it because the more no's you get, the and, and by the way, when we say the more no's you get, you, you still want to uh, do a... Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. Yeah, uh, and, and the words, but when you go through it, uh, you know, a debrief with yourself <laughs> or with a mentor, or, you know, what what was it? Maybe I'm doing. What is it? Maybe I'm not doing totally correctly. Am I not focused enough? Am I focused too much on myself or the product and not on how it's going to uh, add value to the customer or the client? You know, what are some of those things? It doesn't mean we just keep doing the same things while we're getting those. We can still do our debriefing and try to improve. But we also know that. We can, no matter how well we do it, we're still going to get no's. And so if we embrace the fact, we don't have to enjoy it again, but embrace the fact that no is a part of this game, part of this road to success, we're going to place ourselves in a much better mental environment, emotional environment, to to be able to deal with these rejections and yet still keep going. That's a great tool to use. I really enjoy the go for no philosophy and the book was amazing. And I agree. Every entrepreneur should should read that because it really does help put you in the right mind frame to receive those no's, like you said. And I think that is something that, you know, not enough of us prepare for when we're first starting out is that maybe our vision and our goals are whatever we're trying to achieve, we kind of have a little bit of a disillusioned um, point of view that everything is going to go easy for us and it's just kind of going to roll along and we're going to achieve everything that we're looking mm -hmm. for. So when we do hit that first no, it could be pretty, I almost want to say devastating. For I was just going to say that. that. I was going to say that exact word, devastating. Yes, it can be. Yeah, because we weren't prepared. So I really like that, you know, really looking at the no's as, something that is just part of part of the process. And the more that we can change our philosophies around it. And again, you brought up a great point too, is, you know, when you get the no's, don't just leave them and carry on, really look at it, see where there's opportunity for you to improve, mm -hmm. you know, deliver a better product, increase your value and really look at the customer service that you're giving and see if there's any way to improve upon that. And I think that's something that many of us, do almost unconsciously when we hear that no we feel that rejection a little bit of devastation and we don't do anything with it because it's mm -hmm. a little bit painful to look at it 
but really bringing it into that light and seeing where you can improve is a great tool if you think well, of that's it one, that way. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one reason why having a coach like you who's an expert at doing this and helping someone through this, that's why coaches are so important. So uh, absolutely. It's difficult to do it ourselves. We're, too, we're just we're so emotionally involved with ourselves. Uh, and we also, you know, we want to give ourselves credit for what goes right and sort of place the blame elsewhere when things go wrong. And that's all of us. That's being a human being. So sometimes we have to consciously uh, go away from that. And, and one excellent way is to have a, a mentor or have a, a coach. Um, I totally agree. And for me, that was probably one of the biggest shifts that I had in not even just my business, but in life in general, was having that person that could tell me that I wasn't the only one mm-hmm. facing all these struggles that, you know, someone else had faced this very similar thing, if not a worse thing in their life mm-hmm. or business, and had still managed to pull themselves through. And that's what I really like about, you know, building that community out there of just sharing those stories, all the good times, and especially the struggles, because I think that's when most people get stuck and really, you know, just give up on their dreams too early is because they're just not prepared in facing those no's or the challenges, and they just quit too soon because they don't have someone there encouraging and supporting right. them. And I think everybody needs that. Yeah, so so very true. As human beings, you know, we, we need that. I believe that, and I think it's just it's just a better way to be. Mm-hmm. It's always fun to do to do business or you know different projects with somebody else as well and create that community. So let's talk a little bit more about the go-giver. I know that we've touched on some of the challenges that you could face as a go-giver, but could you really just, you know, review the five laws that you share in the book that you wrote with John? Because I think they're really important for, for the audience and they're great tools and values that you can apply anywhere in your life. Oh, thank you. The the first law, and there there are five, the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The first one, the law of value, really speaks to understanding that it's not just your product or service, but it's the experience that your customer has with you, with everyone on your team, with your product or, or service, that is the difference maker. All products and services have what we call intrinsic value, which is simply what the product in and of itself is supposed to do. You know, if you have a television set, it's supposed to work and it's supposed to show you television shows and, and the news and whatever you, you, you change it to, that's fine. But there are a lot of television sets out there and there are a lot of places selling television sets. So what is it about you that makes the experience so different that the customer is less concerned with price and more concerned with the experience because, you know, if a prospective customer cannot see any significant difference between two or more products or services that they want, it's always going to come down to who has the lowest price. And unless your last name happens to be Walmart, uh, mm-hmm. trying to make low price your unique selling proposition is probably not very productive. It's definitely not very fun and absolutely not profitable. So, 
So the intrinsic value, that's important, but it's the extrinsic value. It's that outside value. It's that, that experiential value, which is key. And so what we need to do is be, as the salesperson, as the entrepreneur, we need to be that additional value. The question is, how do we communicate that? And there are probably hundreds of ways, but they come down to generally five what we call elements of value. And they are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you and everyone on your team can communicate one or more, hopefully all five of these elements of value, at every single touch point with your customer, from the time they're a prospect to the time you're going through the the buying process to the referral process to the follow-up and follow-through, that's the degree that you've taken price out of the issue and uh, made yourself a resource rather than a, a commodity. Uh, but the key it, to, to doing this is really your intense, absolute laser focus on them. Great salesmanship is never about the salesperson. It's not even about the product. It's about the customer and how the product or service is going to touch them, how it's going to add value to their lives. This is why John and I say that money is simply an echo of value. And so as long as we keep that in mind, we always have the law of value uh, working for us. The next one is the law of compensation. This simply says that, that your income is determined by how many people whose lives you touch Uh, as well as uh, how many people you serve, I should say, as well as how well you serve them. So where law number one is all about giving so much exceptional value to someone that they feel they're receiving even more in value than what they're paying, um, law number two says that it's also a matter of how many people whose lives you impact with that value. So it's both quality and quality, which is law one, and quantity, which is law two. People say, "Well, isn't quality more important than quantity?" It's not a matter of one or more, one of them being more important. They're both important. Now you start with quality, focus on the quality, of course, and uh, when you focus on the quality, you'll find you have a whole lot more quantity. <laughs> so. Uh, Law number two says your income is really determined by the number of people you're able to serve with the exceptional value you provide. Law number three, the law of influence, says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first, not in a way that's self-sacrificial or doormatty or anything like that. Of course not. Uh, it simply means that you understand that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust, and there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those uh, uh, feelings toward you and others than by moving from, and this is so key, moving from what we call an I focus or a me focus to an other focus, looking for ways to bring value to them, making your win all about the other person's win. Uh, Law number four, the law of authenticity, simply says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. It means that when people know who you are, the real you, when you show up the same way every day, every week, every month, people, they feel good about you, they feel safe with you, they know you, they love you, they trust you, they want to be a part of your life. And law number five, the law of receptivity, really brings it all home. It says the key to effective giving is to stay open 
to receiving. It means we understand that all the giving in the world is fantastic, all the giving of value, but we also need to receive and allow ourselves to receive in like measure. In other words, we breathe out and we breathe in. It's not one or the other. I like that you really touched on the whole giving and receiving because I think that's one area that a lot of us can be out of balance at one time or another Mm -hmm. in our life where we're so focused on giving, but we're really not open to receiving. And that plays such a huge part in, you know, achieving your goals and dreams. Just like you said, you can't breathe in without breathing out. It just doesn't work. Exactly. I'm glad that you brought that up so people can realize, you know, it's about that balance and you can't have one without the other. In all those laws, it's just an amazing philosophy to apply to your life and and our business. And again, if you're not in business, I think that's great a great philosophy to apply to your career or the job sure. that you're doing. And just really making sure that you're doing the absolute best wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, you know, even when you're working, you may not be an entrepreneur with your own company, but you can still be an intrapreneur within someone else's company. And your client is your boss. <laughs> your client is your team members. It's the, the, it's the people you lead, the people you report to. It's the people in the other divisions. It's the people, and it may even be ultimately the customer. But you still have people whose lives you're adding value to. It just may not be the end user of the product or service. And remember, just like no one's going to buy from you because you need the money, right, or you have a quota to meet, they're going to buy from you only because they believe it's in their best interest to do so. No one's going to hire you or keep you on as an employee because you have a mortgage to pay every month. They're going to do so because they believe that you add sufficient value to their company that it makes paying you worthwhile to them. And that's fine. I think that's a great key for people to remember in their in their regular job or their career is that you really are there to add value mm-hmm. no matter what your title is. Exactly. That you're still playing a part in an overall, you know, the overall success of any organization. Mm-hmm. And the last thing that I wanted to touch on is I know as we get going and we're facing these challenges, you know, sometimes we think, well, if we just get through this, then it's going to it's going to be easier and we're not going to have to face these challenges, but really the challenges, they just change as you grow. So how can we really prepare ourselves in maybe the mindset to embrace those challenges and really just keep, keep working with them and keep using them as tools to, to grow and expand. Well, you know, it all comes down to growth, to personal growth. Um, because yes, the, as, as we become more successful and we become bigger, our problems are going to be bigger. The challenges are going to be bigger and they don't get easier, but, but we can get better. Yeah, uh, Jim Rohn used to say, uh, you know, don't ask for things to be easier. Uh, ask for yourself to be better. I misquoted him a little bit and I apologize, but, um, but that's really what it comes down to. We need to just keep growing. And to the degree we keep growing, we again create that environment where we are ready for the challenges. And sometimes we're not ready for them, but we're in a much better position to take them on and work through them. Absolutely, I agree. And, you know, just that growth, keep keep learning from everything and, you know, just embrace them and know that you can get through it. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us today? 
You know, I I think it really just comes down to um, that understanding that that things can get tough, and that as long as we understand it in advance, where we are in the position to to deal with it, uh, which is never to say we we shouldn't do every single thing we can to be prepared, to be as prepared as we can, um, but then to know that nothing is ever a hundred percent, and that we've got to be flexible. And now we we fle- we're flexible on strategy. We're solid as a rock when it comes to character, of course, and values. But but as far as 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 strategies and as far as you know, we need to be flexible. And uh, and as long as we we do that and we're not emotionally attached to any one outcome and any one way of doing anything, uh, then the chances are we we are positioned to achieve immense success. I like that the keeping to be be flexible in in your challenges that are coming up and knowing that you can adapt to them and and grow with them. I also want to mention too that the audience can go to gogiver.com and download a free chapter of this amazing book. I encourage you guys all to go out and and get the book. I actually have a couple of copies because I share it quite a bit with others that I know and they really enjoy it. There's just amazing philosophies for life in general as as well as your business or career so i really encourage you guys to go to bob's website and we will have all the links in the description of the podcast episode today so you can just pop back on there and click right on to the link and nicole just if if i may uh it's actually the gogiver.com oh my apologies no that's okay that's quite all right so we will have the gogiver.com link for you there and really just appreciated you being on the show with us and sharing your insights and strategies with us. And again, just really allowing the audience to experience the challenges that, you know, the main character of the go-giver faced and sharing that with us so that we can be better prepared and remember to be flexible as, as we grow and expand and just carry on our journey. Well, I appreciate you so much. I absolutely love the uh, the work you're doing, and you, you touch so many people's lives in such a significant way. So thank you, and keep up the great work. Thank you. I appreciate that. I want to thank you for joining us today. Remember, there will be a new podcast every Monday and Thursday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Could you please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast? This is a crucial step in allowing our podcast to grow and get noticed. Simply click the iTunes link. I would very much appreciate your help and support on this. If you like what you hear, feel free to send us a tweet and share it with others. We are always wanting to hear from our audience. If you have any suggestions for guests you would like to hear from, please let me know and I will do my very best to have them on our show. If there's a specific challenge, fear, or obstacle that you would like covered, Let me know that as well, and I will find a guest who is willing to talk about it. Lastly, please make sure that you head on over to our website, igniteyourpurpose.ca forward slash podcast, where we have amazing free resources just for you. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter that will be full of great guest links and promotions that we'll be offering in the future. Until the next time, remember, keep working towards those dreams.